Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 247 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by this awesome dude right here, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we are going to talk about Mick Maynard, and we are going to talk about UFC Vegas 74, and we might even talk a little bit about Conor McGregor. (laughs) But first... I need to see how Victor's doing because this is the first time we've talked in over a week. I did some grilling. Yay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very happy with myself. I, I did a bunch of stuff. I did pork belly, some pork meatballs, uh, some chicken, some more diced pork, some like shoulder that was just diced up. It was it's delicious. man. I, I, I'm, I'm eating so good right now. The succession finale was great. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, you know things are things are looking pretty good. I, I really have had um, uh, in in terms of of stress and things. Yeah, it's been a little rough, but other than that, the good evens it out, and then some. Indeed, I am coming off of vacation. We went to see my father in law in Michigan, and he lives right on Lake Michigan. So we just spent the entire week on a culinary experience because there's a lot of nice restaurants where he lives. And so we just bounce from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant all, all week long sightseeing, just total relaxing environment, which is definitely something I needed. And now I'm back to the grind and you know what? I'm kind of hot under the collar and it's because Mick Maynard put out a post and it was basically not, um, not an incendiary post, but it was enough to get people to pile on and to drag Bloody Elbow. Now, let me read to you what he said. He said, I betcha Bloody Elbow complained about the UFC card this weekend. And of course, you know, 1.4 thousand people liked it. And a lot of people, 116 people replied to it. And a lot of those replies were targeting us. And then 45 minutes after that, he makes this other post. It's it's linked to the first post, so he did it like a thread. He waits until he sees all these people piling on, and then he puts the, the laughing until you're crying emoji, and he says, mm-hmm. I love all of you so much, basically for piling on. Now, I don't mind the first tweet. Betcha Bloody Elbow complained about the UFC card this weekend, because I am going to complain about that card this weekend. I'm going to complain like I have for the past couple of months that they have really, really watered down the product. This company is worth $12.1 billion all by its fucking self. It just merged superpowers with WWE 
combined worth of 21 plus billion dollars. Revenue is at an all-time low, somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to 14%, down from 17 and a half. So they're paying less. They're making more. And they're giving us continuously shittier and shittier product. I pay for the pay-per-views. And the pay-per-views I don't have a problem with because they're clearly stacking them. But I also pay for ESPN. Every year it goes up. It started out at $4.99. We're at $9.99 now. I'm paying for that. If I'm only getting a single ranked fight, and let me clarify something for you all. In my eyes, in the eyes of many, a ranked fight is both opponents have a ranking inside the top 15. Not one fighting an unranked guy, which I don't have a problem with. But if you're going to fill the entire card and only have a single ranked fight and you're worth fucking $12.1 billion and you're only paying these guys 13 to 14.5%, I have a problem. Definitely. Victor, you want to weigh in here? Now, I understood... I understood that this was some sort of a joke as the alluding to the fact that there wasn't a UFC event this past weekend. I understood as like, well, we didn't even have a fight and I bet those guys will complain. And I thought that's what he was going for, which I mean, you know, not exactly uh, not exactly uh, primo uh, Bill Burr material. But all right. I mean, that I guess I can see where you can get a chuckle out of that. I wasn't even so much bothered by the comment or anything like that. But I do always get a bit um, I, I, I do get a bit of a tinge of, of something. And it's a feeling I can't quite put my finger on. When I see something like that, you as a semi-public figure, you who are an instrumental part of the biggest MMA company, and you're going after a media outlet, however, slightly, right? And again, it was just poking and being funny, but then you look at the replies and everything that we got, and you have to know it's not going to be pretty. You have to know it's going to be vitriolic, and he found that amusing. He thought that was funny. Okay, I guess. I I mean, if this... Because, you know, it, it's kind of like when, when and I, I know I keep talking about him all the time, but like when Elon Musk posts one of his shitty memes that he steals from somebody else and his little lackeys lap it up. Oh, ho, ho, sir, you win the internet today, sir. Epic lead bacon. What what the fuck are you doing? You're celebrating this. This is what made, you you find this amusing. Is it really that funny or is it the fact that it's poking fun at something that you don't like? And look, people have a right not to like us. That's not I'm not here to be liked all around. I understand that that's going to be a thing. That is a byproduct of at least I feel doing things right, because if everybody likes you, there's a serious fucking problem. You cannot be all things to all people. That is part of being an adult. And you got to learn that lesson early. And we have and we know. Motherfucker, you think people, you think I don't know that people hate us? Like, <laughs> please, you know, come on. I, I don't, I wasn't so much bothered by that first thing because, again, it seemed like that. But then I'm seeing this and then you kind of encourage it or, you know, you applaud it. Like, oh, the ho, ho, that was good. Really, buddy? That that low level comedy, that that's what got you going? Uh, he right, actually Mick, argued nice. back and forth with people, too. 
Yeah, he was. He was yeah. answering. He's like, well, I don't understand. What was the last bad card we put on? Do you need an atlas, motherfucker? Do you need a chart? Do you need a spreadsheet? Like, are we really doing this? That was even funnier to me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the biggest takeaway, as I mentioned immediately, my very first thought, I just I put my phone down. I'm like, it's nice to know he reads us. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think and of. Let me Thanks tell for you. the page views, Mick. Thanks for the listens and downloads. I mean, come on, man. What, what, what is this? For real. I told you uh, a couple of weeks ago that they read us. Of course yeah. they did. Jordan Breen talked about that shit ages ago, remember? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is it's not that it, just that they're reading us. They are clearly sensitive about the things we're saying. Yeah. But we're not saying anything that's not true. Your product oh, is oh. watered down. You are drafting talent almost exclusively from the contender series so that you can lower those costs by paying them 10 and 10. Man, I just have so many gripes, but mainly, and see, I didn't read it the way you did. I read it that he was referring to this coming weekend because this coming weekend has a banger of a headliner. It does. Very much so. I mean, that fight is worth the price of admission, but that fight is carrying the entire card. Mm. Victor, how many ranked fighters are on this card three. you know better you know better than ask me that three question. <laughs> three that's it <laughs> they couldn't even be bothered to give alex caseras a ranked opponent now i normally wouldn't mind that because everybody's got to come up somehow right but why i mind on this card because we only have a single ranked fight out of 13 and we only have three ranked fighters out of 26. That's okay. a problem. I mean, despite the fact that there are some fights here that have true action potential, mm-hmm. you know, that that is that That's is something of a concern though. because this is this is a it's it's like right we have a the the only hierarchy that truly exists is not within the cards themselves but just the substance of the card, meaning mm-hmm. it's not about you know, you, you don't really have the name value guys on the main card. You're always going to have complaints about why is this person up here and not in, the, not in this spot or whatever. Uh, the, the, the main concern is, you know, obviously the pay-per-views are at the top of the pyramid. And then basically this is, I mean, I don't even know where, where you put this is obviously the bottom. And then the middle would be the ABC cards, right? Like there's just something kind of that that's as close as you can get to establishing something of a pyramid here. But you, you in particular, shouldn't be complaining because you get UFC legend Andre Arlovsky on this card. I mean, in 2023, you get this, which, you know, hey. You mentioned the UFC on ABC card. That's a prime example of a terrible card. I mean, how much did we whine about that? That is literally directly under a pay-per-view. And what did we get? We got crap. And that's going to that's the thing that you put it on free TV ostensibly to get more eyes on the sport, Mm -hmm. ostensibly to fulfill a commitment, because it's not like they had anything else going on at ABC on that date at that time. There is a reason that airspace was open. So you have branding with a major network and availability over free airwaves. Everybody gets it, no matter what your cable package looks like or if you don't have cable at all, if you have an online service. Right. You're going to be able to watch it. It's there. And this is what you put on. I mean, okay, so you have a, 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 a this. I guess this is really the thing that's most baffling to me. Again, it's not so much anger to me; it's is confusion. Have you seen the run of events for the last 
just the last two months. How does he see this? How does he see these like this particular stretch and be like, yep, we're kicking out that prime. This is that primo tuna. This is the shit they put in those fancy cans and ship from Italy every morning. This this is the shit you got to get off the top shelf with fine white gloves and pay extra. No, man, get the fuck. That's what gets me. It's the brazen. Huh? What? I know you're good at your job. I know that you're really good at pairing guys together, offering them fights and keeping costs low. I understand that. And it's very clear and very evident to the rest of us. But motherfucker, you also know how to read the room better than this. I would like to think. So, you know, brand loyalty notwithstanding, I understand you're trying to protect your coin and trying to like, you know, keep the uh, keep your employer happy, not not say anything disparaging. But let's be fucking real for a minute, bro. You know that you know you've been serving up hot dog shit and you coming out here talking about like, oh, nah, you can't you don't get to be Bob from the Enzyme commercials on this one. Indeed. Let's talk about. UFC Vegas 73, another Apex card. And there is another problem. Let's backtrack for just one more second. <laughs> Why are we holding all these fight nights? Well, or most of them, because there is the random one-off here and there that they hold outside the Apex. And that's calculated too, because when you're only holding stuff in the Apex, like it's still in the COVID bubble, you have reduced your production costs because you don't have to travel. You don't have to move the equipment. You don't have to hire extra people to set up. You don't even have to set up. You just need to change the mat, the, the canvas. Basically, that's all you got to do. So they've reduced their costs dramatically. It's a, a very limited audience environment as well limited security. You don't have to worry about concessions as much. I mean, there's just so much cost cutting going on and the apex is one of the biggest areas so here we're having all of these cards in this covid bubble to cut costs it kills the experience so when fight night cards are held outside of the apex they're selling out so they're they're accomplishing big gates with these minimalistic cards because they're holding them outside the apex but when the majority of them are in the apex then you get starving fans that are willing to pay so yeah, well. no matter where they're going they're selling their gates out my goodness this bmf belt that's going to happen between uh poirier and gaethje it's going to mm. happen in fucking utah and guarantee it'll sell out because why everything outside of the the pay-per-views is almost exclusively at the apex part of the problem well uh, that not just that but utah it should be noted uh medicinal <laughs> cannabis is legal but not recreational so they don't deserve good things exactly uh, here yes. in texas none of it's legal so we deserve no good things well but i mean we're already in, in, <laughs> your, your, in the... your power grid is going to sprout five hernias in about a week you'll see <laughs> yeah we're already in the seventh layer of hell here anyways i don't think it can get much worse mm. oh they'll try Exactly. Anyhow, we do have some fights that we are looking at because, again, listen, Bloody Elbow, we don't hate all the fight nights. We just hate some of them. And we don't hate them for the reason you think. We hate the the corporate aspect of it, the way that they're laid out, where the they're exploitation. At. Exactly. But as far as the fights themselves, a lot of them turn out to be great. But yes. we're watching great fights from regional level talent. Anyways, 
Let's go ahead and look at this card. We are going to start with Karini Silva and Ketlin Souza. Not Ketlin Vieira, folks out there. <laughs> Don't listen to Victor because Victor got them confused earlier when we were discussing this fight. So I need to point that out. Ketlin Souza is not Ketlin Vieira. So how are you going to go? And I'm glad you point because again, I, I don't know how the fuck I looked at the weight line. I'm like 125. Okay, wait, Kitlin, what? No, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what? It's been a week, man. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. So no, I'm I'm not. Uh, there's no way I'm going to go with Kitlin Suez. I'm sorry, I just can't. I'm not looking at the kind of submission setups that Silva has and the manner in which she is able to get herself into more advantageous situations, standing and enabling her opponent, um, or not enabling, rather making her opponent, uh, misjudge timing and distance, right? She's, she's got a lot of the basics down to a point that you really have to be impressed by the way that she's developing and coming along. So, uh, I, I have to go with Silva. Indeed. I am also going with Karini Silva. She impressed the shit out of me um, when she beat Poliana Botelio. I love her vivacious attitude. She's just, she immediately captured me. I am a big fan of hers. There is no other way I could have gone. Uh, Mookie is also going with Karini Silva. I have to note something here, though. She has a lot of finishes and she's got a healthy mix of TKOs, KOs and submissions, but she's also very susceptible to being submitted because she's never been knocked out, but she has lost a couple of times by submission. Once an E-bar, once an arm bar. And this one down here just says loss. I don't know what that was. Mm. So I'm not going to, try and throw that in there. But there are a couple of instances, recent ones too. The most recent was uh, 2019. So, you know, fairly recent. But anyways, she does have a little bit of kryptonite there, but I don't know much about Ketlin Souza. I just know that Karini Silva is a badass. <laughs> so we're definitely all going with Karini Silva. Now our next fight we're picking, Tim Elliott. Taking on a Victor, Victor Altamirano. And oh, thank God it's not me. Oh, God. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Listen, Tim Elliott is 125 pounds. I think you could take Yeah, no, really, no. In a pork chop eating competition, absolutely. <laughs> you sit me and him down with a couple of cheesesteaks, he's got no fucking chance. But you're a purple belt or a blue belt, right? No, 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 no. Not enough Not enough to deal with that guy. No oh. way. Mm -mm. <laughs> I know my limitations, goddammit. You think I'm going to be out here talking myself into some shit with this guy? Nuh-uh. <laughs> so there's some things we need to discuss with Tim Elliott. I'm going to read some names to you, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Demetrius Johnson. Good. Zach Makovsky. And at the time that he beat Tim Elliott, Zach Makovsky was on a tear. Yes. Joe B. Yeah, good. Ali Bagautinov. Yeah, okay. John Dodson. Good. Davison Figueredo. Mm-hmm. Askar Askarov. Ah. Brandon Royval. Ooh. Mateus Nikolaou. Yes. Ben Gwynn. <laughs> That's the outlier. 
Ben well, Ben Nguyen was—I mean, Ben Nguyen was was on the come up at that point, right? He was he was doing pretty well at that time, wasn't he? Um, let's see here. Pretty sure Benny was—he—he was—he had a—he had a couple of moments where he was shining he for d- a bit. He had no. He had lost to Luis Smolka, and then he right. beat Gene Herrera, mm-hmm. and then he beat Tim Elliott. So he—he he was only on a one fight streak when he beat Tim, okay. and then he lost the his next three fights. After that, oh okay, all right. As a matter of fact, he's on those next three fights are his last three fights. He hasn't fought since 2019. I guess he's effectively retired. Maybe, yeah. At you know, at uh, let's see here, that would have been at 30 that he retired. Hey, listen, if if only all of us could retire at 30. Now let me read to you some other names. Uh, Tagir Ulanbekov, mm-hmm. Jordan Espinosa. Ryan Benoit, Mark De La Rosa, Luis Smolka. I'll stop there. So that, those are wins, and the first list were losses. So the, it's clear he has a ceiling. And when you yes. get into the top five, that's his ceiling. I don't think he's breaking the top five. At one point he had, but he's not going to get back in there anytime soon. Probably so not. I'm looking at this. And I'm thinking Victor Altamirano, I don't know. I think he's got it. He's only lost to two people, Jared Brooks and Carlos Hernandez. Those are very good losses. Exactly. He's got wins over the kind of competition he's supposed to have wins over. I am taking a big chance here, but I'm going to take Victor Altamirano. I just think that maybe Tim Elliott has a bit much on his plate with um, personal issues. And um, I don't know. I just got a feeling. That's all. I mean, just looking at the level of competition and age and all that, I mean, it seems like maybe, just maybe, the veteran savvy might not be enough. You know, you have a younger, hungry guy who's kind of putting everything together a lot better now. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling it too. So I'm going to go with Altamirano. And Mookie is also going with Altamirano. So I guess we all... Uh, like the black eyed peas saying it got a feeling. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> hey, I wanna I wanna ask you, are you by any chance on the topology page for this? I am. Okay. Tell me Amir Albazi is not giving off Mike Perry. He uh, is. Come I think on. it's I think it's the yeah, I think it's the forward haircut. And the, uh, the and the beard. And I think it's yeah. Well, actually, not just the beard. I mean, if you look at his regular profile pic, I can yeah, I can see it. Right. I can see it. I can see. I'm a not bit saying of it. they're yeah. brothers or anything, but I he's kind of given a little bit of Mike Perry. I looked at him and I had to double take because I thought I was looking uh, on the wrong page. But he's kind of given a little bit of Mike Perry there. I mean, if you had an Iraqi Mike Perry and you put him in a dryer <laughs> and told me it was this guy, I'd be like, oh eh, that, that kind of checks out. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. All right, so we're going to get to the next fight. And this one's going to be painful for all of us. Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. Jim Miller and I are birthday twins. We share the same birthday. And we've been um, chummy for the past, golly, 12, 13 years. I hate picking against him. But I'm going to pick against him here because... He is looking a lot more shop-worn these days. Mm-hmm. And Jared Gordon is insanely durable. Insanely so. I feel like he 
should have beaten Patty. I, I thought he won that fight. His last fight was actually kind of disappointing because of the clash of heads with Bobby Green. I don't know. He was doing very well in there against Bobby, too. Yeah, I just feel yeah, like he's got yeah. a bad l- run of luck. And he's not even like somebody I'm chummy with. I've, as a matter of fact, I think he has me blocked on Twitter oh. because I happen to like some tweets that he didn't like and I got blocked. But the point is, is that I think he's going to win here. I'm picking him over somebody that I really like because I think he's going to win. And I think that he's gotten a raw deal in his last two fights. You know, I think that same level of bad juju that Gordon's had. Maybe that's what's going on with Mick Maynard and his booking choices. Maybe we should cut him some slack and just say he's having some bad luck lately. That's why he's been laying so many fucking eggs. <laughs> you think that might be it? You think? Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm I'm going with Jared. I I I mean, come on, look this this streak is. I don't even believe in luck like that. <laughs> I feel so like, yeah, there might be something to it, man. This dude's got he's he's got some um, really unfortunate um, things happening in these fa- these these bouts, but. Miller, I, I know he's been defying the odds for a while, and I mean it's been great to see. But how's he going to deal with somebody who brings this kind of pressure and these many problems? I mean, he could snatch a submission, you know, just out of nowhere. And again, that's where that veteran savvy comes into play. I don't think there's been anyone who's been a better exponent of that than Jim Miller in recent years. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really want to pick him just for that. I really think he might find some way to surprise him, you know, maybe find some way to outbox him, outwork him, uh, maybe out hustle him in the clinch, although that's much of more of a tighter proposition. I don't think he would. I, I think that's the kind of thing that would be a lot more of a riskier thing that might not pay dividends. Um, I'm going to have to go with Jared Gordon. I looked at this fight. And then I looked at Jim Miller's last fight with Alexander Hernandez and Hernandez is similar to Gordon. I I just feel like I'm looking sort of at the same fight with, you know, just a different name. And Jim gassed really hard in that fight. That's what killed him. Basically mm. was he gassed so hard by the round two. He was out of, out of petrol entirely with Jared Gordon, basically being the energizer bunny and being durable and being able to crack himself a little bit. I'm I'm not saying he's some knockout artist, but he was definitely moving Bobby Green all around the cage before that headbutt. He was doing some work. So that's what I'm looking at. And that's why I'm picking Jared Gordon. All right. So we get to the next fight. We're moving right on up to co-main event time. This is one of our three only three ranked fighters, Alex Caceres, is fighting Daniel Pineda. And Daniel Pineda is 28 and 14. Alex Caceres is 20 and 13. I like what I'm seeing from Alex lately. Guy is putting it together. He kind of looks like the veteran he should be, you know? He's been in the UFC for a long time now. Mookie is also picking him. So, Victor, it's all on you now. I think that I'm much like what you said as far as Alex's progression, right? The way that he's sort of blossomed late in this run into this dude who's just, you know, he's he's looking so much better. He's done so much more. And 
I I don't know that Pineda's ready for that right now. I think that there's like um there's there's this thing where certain people realize hey, I don't really have much to lose. What do I – you know, like there's there's something there where you don't have that same – you don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. You just start wrecking people, kind of like when Aldo lost the title, you know. <laughs> it's like – and then he just goes on obliterating people. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's something going on here with, with Alex where he just found a new groove sort of to settle into, and he's done really well. And, and Pineda's – I mean, he's, he's good. He's talented. I just don't think that – this kind of matchup, you know, the kind of surprise that Alex can throw at you, whether it's establishing and keeping the range with those long ass body kicks of his or whether it's uh, making sure that he can box you up inside. I mean, he's he's got a lot of tools that he can utilize. And again, his submission game also out of nowhere. Very, very, very tricky uh, and, and very tough to prepare for. So I'm going to have to go with him. All right. Now we get to the main event. Kai Kara France versus Amir Albazi. This is a banger of a fight. I love this fight. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch it. It is our only ranked fight on the card. And these two guys are the last of our three ranked fighters. <laughs> now, I'm going to read you some names once again. This is for Amir Albazi, right? Alessandro Costa. Francisco Figueredo. Zalgas Zumagulov and Malcolm Gordon. Those are his UFC wins. He has a single loss in his career, and it is to Jose, uh, Jose Shorty Torres. And mm. Torres is already out of the UFC, if that tells you anything. He had exactly two fights in the UFC. He won his first one and he lost his second one, and they booted him. Uh, the other four wins that he has, the only one that stands out to me is Zalga Sumagilov, who is probably the toughest of those four that he's fought. But he lost to Jose Shorty Torres or Jose. I'm not sure if he pronounces it. Jose. Okay, Jose. So I'm looking at that. And then I'm going to read you some other names. All right. Boy, I love these names, too. Askar Askarov, Cody Garbrandt, <laughs> Rogerio Bontarin, Tyson Nam, Mark De La Rosa, Raleigh and Paiva. I mean, he is he's getting out there and putting some names on the board. Now, I'm going to read you three other uh, two names. Brandon Marino, Brandon Royval. That's it. <laughs> now, there's a lot of names prior to that but that was very early in his career when he first got started so i don't look at that with the exception of one Baccarel dana he did lose to Baccarel dana but that was 10 years ago bad girl yeah yeah so i'm looking at this and i cannot go any other way but kai Kara france how about you yeah, Kai, his striking is so crisp, so composed. His ability to move, you know, the way he kind of weaves himself in and out, side to side, it's tricky to deal with some of these cats. And, and the shorty Torres loss, like, I don't really hold that too badly. I mean, if you go one and one and you get released from the uh, probably the toughest division to stick around in, you know, because, again, I keep saying it, the bar for entry and for longevity at flyweight pretty high compared to say you know welterweight or, or light heavyweight you know um 
I, I, I don't really know how much weight that really I'd really say that has, you know, as far as that particular fight. But, you know, short was tough. Dude acquitted himself well. But either way, man, either way, you look at the way that Kai has evolved and you look at what Albazi's got going on and you think, well, it seems that if there's anything that Albazi can do, that he can do really well, that he can excel at, I'm fairly certain that Kai has a blueprint on how to counter that. He has shown that he he's, he's demonstrated an evolution in his game and that he's not just some striker anymore. He's a dude who can do a lot of things. And among those things, you know, defending takedowns, outworking dudes in the clinch, pressing against the cage, stomping on on on, on your stomping on your neck when you think you're about to get a, a, a certain openings with the striking. I just I don't know. I think he's overall a a better athlete. Maybe he might be out in terms of um he might be out muscled in the strength department, but I'm not really going to hold that against him, man. I'm still going to go with Kai. And Mookie is also going to go with Kai. Now, I need to bring up our standings where Victor and Mookie are now tied. 42, 30, and 1. And I'm only 6 behind y'all at 36, 36, and 1. So I'm not a whole fight card behind. There is hope for me. Well, you know what they say about hope. <laughs> It's, it's I, I just want eternal? to put that out there, man. I just want it you know. It springs eternal. No, you you shit in one hand, hope in the other. So you just this, you know, see uh, which see one which fills one gets up first. The quickest. <laughs> well, you, you, know you live in Texas. I know you heard that one before. I have. I actually, God. the first time I ever heard it though was in South Carolina. My grandmother told me that. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So we we all know what time it is, right? It's time for salacious headlines. You ready for your first one? I'm surprising you this time. Oh, boy. BJ Penn. <laughs> man, why you got to... <laughs> Don't do this fucking shit to me, man. Like, good God. BJ Penn. All right, let me, let me read something to you. CTE kicking in hard lately. BJ Penn replies. What is CTE again? Oh, oh no. Did Ali have that? What about Jim Brown? Did he have that? CTE is as fake as the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. 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 That man <laughs> wanted to be governor of Hawaii. Did you yes, know that? Did. Do you yes, remember that shit? I do. You remember you remember his campaign? You what, what was do you remember what it consisted of? Showing up at grappling events with his with his with his stupid little fucking shirt. And not, right. and then no showing for every single debate that they had scheduled, and there were four. Hawaii needs a fighter, and I'm going to fight, and he'd put up his two fists, because he's going to fight, fight, fight. How? What do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. BJ, calm down. What are you talking about? Ah! Like, that's all he had. That was his whole platform. I'm a fighter. I'm going to fight. Fight fucking who? You don't, you don't arm wrestle your way to legislation. You don't do that. What, what the fuck? This man... You know, man, I, I kind of I had a really grim joke about a pro wrestler that shall go unnamed for the purposes of this conversation right now, because I don't want to I don't want to seem too disrespectful. But, you know, when you have a really grim sense of humor, sometimes like amongst your friends, you can get away that I said, I'm so glad that motherfucker died <laughs> before we found out that he was like like 
if I if he were still alive and I found out that he was like Hulk Hogan, just the most colossal racist piece of shit, I would have been devastated. Like, how much more heartbreak can one man take? You know what I mean? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you have someone that you admire and that you respect. And you're like, you know what, man? Really sad that I had to find out more about this person and who they really were behind closed doors. You know, it's a shame that we like this this whole thing. You know, the 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 the. The paternity suit, the the chasing people with a machete off his taro farm, the potential sexual assault, all the shit that BJ Penn, I, just getting into drunken fights outside of a strip club and then getting knocked out by some dude twice his size horizontally. I, I don't understand what exactly has gone into this process, but I can assure you one thing. This is not new. This is not something that just started happening after he was in his fighting career and just started happening after he got hit. And I personally have come to resent when fighters say or do something stupid and immediately the reaction is CTE. Because no, you have a lot of people that don't have CTE and they don't become you – have, you have a lot of people that don't have brain damage and they think exactly the same way. They parrot those same lines. They do awful shit. Likewise, you have the opposite, right? You have people like Spencer Fisher – He's not out here getting accused of domestic violence. He's not out here pulling guns on people. And I'm not saying that's what BJ did, but you look at other cases of people that have had things like this in the well, past. Well, no, BJ pulled out a machete on someone, remember? Well, that? yes, but I mean, I, since I used the term gun, I wanted to make sure that I was clear <laughs> on that front. That, you know, you, you don't you don't see him having those problems. And this man has had a very well-documented series of, of, of medical problems that have been brought forth by CTE. Same for Muhammad Ali, right? So now that he was brought into the conversation, I guess we have to highlight that as well. So BJ not remembering or not knowing what CTE stood for, kind of funny, but I'll let it slide. I mean, look, a lot of acronyms, the world we live in, fine, things can be what they are. But then he goes and says that it's as fake as the coronavirus. Okay, I understand that much like Mick Maynard, you have a brand to protect, right? <laughs> you have you have solidarity with your kin, and you have to keep this thing going. That oh, that's not a big deal. That's not that's not a thing, buddy. I distinctly remember a campaign video where BJ said that he had COVID twice, and that it was just like the flu. So how is it not real? How do we go from I had it twice to it doesn't exist? What the fuck are we doing? What is this man? Like, I want to think that maybe this man needs help. Who can help him? How do you get through to a guy like that? You Where don't. do you take a guy like you can't fix him from be for being dumb, but there's a level of dumb that comes into malice. And that's what it rolls into. Because imagine if this guy had actually become governor thinking like this. Mm. I, I, I just I don't get it, man. I really don't understand. But I, I just. I, I look, I, I, I think I think the problem now, I think what we really ought to do is just not give this guy too much oxygen. Obviously, for the sake of laughing and yucks, there are things that he'll say, especially on Instagram, which seems to be his uh, his his forum of choice. I think there's a lot of shit that he can say there that we can point to and laugh at. But this this is just like, God, what is what is your fucking problem? How do we get to how does a person reach this level I need to know so that we can nip this in the bud and prevent this from happening because there's no way that there should be more people walking around thinking like this. This is true, but again, I think it comes down to just basic ignorance for sure. Um, let's talk about Aljamain Sterling for, for a few minutes here. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because Ray Longo called out the UFC and I agree with him. 
Now, what he said was, I think it's the inconsistency because Makachev hasn't fought all year. Where's the fairness, you know? When, <laughs> when's the last time Connor fought, you know? Connor gets uh. all of these breaks. Islam's getting all of these breaks. I don't know if it's if it's Dana in particular, but they seem to want to throw Aljamain under the bus regularly. Mm. He has proven all the naysayers wrong. For all those that said, you know, you took the easy way out with the first fight with Piotr. Then he comes back and he beats the brakes off Piotr pretty much. <laughs> exactly. You know, he beat him at his own game too. He didn't beat him in wrestling. He beat him in the stand-up. Then he goes... And he beats Dilly. Okay, I, I put that off to the side because Dilly went in there kind of like a crippled person and yeah. had no business in there. So that's another outlier. We'll just throw that out entirely. But then we get Henry Cejudo, who is being touted as the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Mm -hmm. I don't have him as the greatest of all time. I haven't figured that out yet. But I definitely have him in the top five because he's done great things. No matter how cringy he is or who his manager is, he has done great things. Aljamain beats him. Aljamain has had surgery after surgery after surgery. He's had injuries, but he's always forced to come back to the table fast. Because the UFC wants it that way. And here, they want him to fight in with a two- or three-month turnaround. Literal weeks. And they threatened an interim if he didn't. So what did Al Jermaine do? He came up off the box and said, all right, I'll do it again. Because they put him there. But the point is, is that it's not fair. There, there's no consistency whatsoever. And their argument is valid. Victor, please weigh in. What does Aljamain have to do? Mm -hmm. Who's his manager? Isn't it Ali? No, he's not managed by Ali. He's not with Ali anymore? No. I'm just saying that if you have somebody, if you are managed by Dominance MMA, this is not an open secret. This is not an, an even attempt at a secret. Generally, you're going to have somewhat better treatment or certain considerations for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. He never got that. Like, he has been shit on for so much in such little time. And I just don't understand what needs to happen here. And then many people have already pointed out, look at how many other fighters have had to, you know, either sit out for whatever reason and, and be inactive. And they don't get the same kind of pressure. They don't get the same kind of like, oh, well, if he doesn't fight now, we'll just make another interim. What you do in that case what you're in effect really whether by design or not and it seems to me more likely that it's not what they're attempting to do but when you do that you are further devaluing the titles you are further illustrating that your championships are just there you know what i mean if you're just willing to set up another title fight just because what because this guy doesn't want to have a three or four month turnaround is this is this what we're doing the guy just went five rounds if henry cejudo is, in fact, this guy that you high, hold in such high esteem and such high regard as one of the greatest athletes of all time, and this guy just went five rounds with him, and you want him, you're going to bitch and complain that he won't turn around sooner? Explain this to me. How does this happen? This is what I don't understand. This is what people like Mick Maynard, okay? This is what mm -hmm. people do when they can't have – do, do you not read the fucking room? 
Do you not understand? Who did this guy piss off? What is Aljamain Sterling? What is he guilty of? What has he done that has made this happen? I don't understand. It's like he had some sort of monkey paw, like, all right, I want to come back and beat Peter Jan legit this time. And that monkey paw just shut and shriveled real quick. Like, yeah, but this is how you're going to pay for it. They're going to keep fucking with you relentlessly. I just don't understand why why they keep doing it it does not need to happen is there anyone in a rush is there anyone in the fan base who's saying no we must have Aljamain in there before labor day god damn it no no one's doing that no one's really keeping count of this no one really would be noticing how often or not often he'd be fighting on this scale right if he's continuing um the schedule that he's been basically uh, on for the last two, three years, or let's say four, right? Because you got the pandemic rolled up in there somewhere. But the frequency and consistency with which he fights, nobody would really be paying attention to that if they wouldn't keep fucking with him over it. And that, that right there is just so annoying. And Al got upset. He went back on social media, tried to keep it quiet, tried to be a gentleman about it. I understand why he did that. It is it, it seems to be part of his character, but also some level of diplomacy, right? Okay, you know what? I got it out of my system. I said some stuff I probably shouldn't have said. Let's handle this like adults. Will they handle it like that? Eh, I don't really know, man, because what does putting his foot down look like for Al Jermaine? In what form, what manifestation of that would be effective and would get him the benefits and, and and the sort of respect that he wants. I don't know, dude. You don't have too many options. You ain't got too many fucking moves. So he did the right and obvious and smart thing. But from from there, I mean, just I don't have any faith that they're not going to keep fucking with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Aljamain's management... He is self-managed. He has parted ways. His last management company was Dave Martin's management company. Before that, he was with First Round. Oh, God. And before that, he was with Vayner Sports. And before that, before that, he was with Paradigm. <laughs> so he went from Gary fucking V to the Kawa Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what gets me is he went from Paradigm to Gary V. Oh, you know Paradigm oh, is not bad. You that's know, the that's the real L right there. Yeah, Holy to go from shit. Paradigm to that. I mean, you remember when Travis Brown started his MMA career? He started at Alliance in San Diego, right? And this is Jim's not managers. I understand right. there's a difference, but I need you to understand something. He went from Alliance to Jackson Winklejohn, and then he went from there to Glendale. <laughs> yes. Do you understand the parallels I'm trying to fucking draw here, dear listener? This is what I'm talking about right here. This is what I'm referring to. It's that. It's like, how are you going to leave Paradigm? Okay, you leave Paradigm, whatever. To join Gary fucking V? Are you a guy who probably doesn't even watch MMA? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, dude. Yeah, let me do that. Let me join the guy <laughs> who literally tells people at a seminar that their motivation every morning should be to imagine the person they love most on this earth getting shot in the fucking face. Something he has said on camera. Yeah, this is the, this is the business guru you're going to listen to? All right. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Are you ready for another Headline, and this one made me laugh so hard. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, 
Go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Music B, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, the Sixth Round Retro, the Show Money Podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA Bunker.